When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If, 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 if your blood runs orange and blue, orange and blue, blue this, this is the pod, is the for, pod you. for you. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods, hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. IQ the Iron Man, IQ the Chameleon, IQ the God. What a game from Emmanuel Quinn. This is Orange and Blue Bloods, a New York Knicks podcast, Odyssey WFAN original. This is EJ Stewart, Tommy Beer. Coming at you here with another episode. We got to talk about this Knicks win over the Houston Rockets, snapping a three-game losing streak. We'll talk about this masterclass performance from Emmanuel quickly, how the team was able to get back on track, and and where things look uh, coming ahead to these uh, very two important games coming up. So we'll talk about the win that happened uh, on Monday. We'll also be talking about um, some fallout from Julius Randle's kind of blow-up from last week. He spoke about it before this game and over the weekend, one Former Nick great head coach uh, spoke about Julius Randle and questioned whether or not his temperament was going to help the Knicks in the postseason. So we'll break that down as well. And we'll preview this big game we have on Wednesday. The Heat and Knicks play in a crucial matchup. Knicks right now two and a half games ahead of Miami in the standings. Uh, the Heat, of course, uh, looking to avoid the playing tournament there in that, uh, that uh, seventh seed right now. Uh, Knicks, if they win this one, will have the tiebreaker over Miami. So we'll talk about that game as well. So plenty to get to on this episode of Orange and Blue Bloods. Tommy Beer with me as always. Tommy, how you doing, man? Doing well, doing well. Uh, Knicks needed a get-right game and got a get-right opponent. Um, snap a three-game losing streak, much needed, with a master class from IQ, um, yeah. which we'll get into. And then uh, we preview the most important regular season game the Knicks have played in, I don't know how long, but it's been a while. Um, so, uh, this should be fun. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. So again, this is Orange and Blue Bloods, a New York Knicks podcast. You can find wherever you get your podcasts, including the free Odyssey app. Make sure you hit the auto download feature so you can get these episodes every uh, week we drop. We drop normally three times a week this week. We'll actually be doing two uh, times this week, but uh, make sure you uh, hit the auto download feature on your streaming service so you can get these episodes every time we drop. Also, be sure to check us out on YouTube. You can find our episodes um, full episodes and segments on both the Odyssey Sports channel and the WFAN YouTube channel as well. So Odyssey, Odyssey Sports, WFAN, where you'll find us on YouTube, anywhere you get your podcast to get the audio version of this episode. So Knicks got back into the win column after dominating the Houston Rockets at Madison Square Garden Monday. Knicks won 137-115 and were led by an absolute dazzling performance from Emmanuel Quickly. Um, he started in place of Jalen Brunson, who was out again with the hand injury IQ, posted a career-high 40 points on 14 for 18 shooting. He had nine assists in this one, so an all-around dominant performance from Emmanuel quickly. Knicks also got a bounce-back performance from Julius Randle, who had 26 points in this game. R.J. Barrett added 19, added, added 19 points on this game, shooting 6 for 12. Uh, Knicks only led by five at half, and the defense struggled in the first half to contain uh, the Houston Rockets, but... They tightened up their defense in the second half, outscoring Houston 71-54 in the second half. The Knicks really extended this lead. That second unit got out there and really started doing damage 
They got the lead up to 33 points at one point in the second half. So a big second half for the Knicks allows them to make this one a laugher. Um, Kevin Porter led the Rockets with 26. Jalen Green had 19. Tommy, when it comes to Emmanuel quickly and this game we saw from him, I mean, I, I would say that at this point, they're not really surprising. I mean, when he goes out there, you expect him to have a big impact. And with the growth you've seen from him this season, is it fair to say that he might be the Knicks' third best player at this point? Yeah, I mean, and for certain stretches, you could argue he's been their second best player, their mm. first best player on many a night. Um, but yep. yeah, to say the least, he's he's been their third best player, and and it's probably closer than a lot of people think. And you know, the fact that he hasn't cracked that top two is just a testament to how well Randall and, and Brunson have played, essentially yep. at a full NBA level. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, you cannot say enough about IQ. Um, we know about the sixth man of the year, how he's basically gone from an afterthought long shot, you know, at the all-star break to now the, the odds on favorite. I'm um, kicking myself and I find him a spot in Jersey uh, to get that Wi-Fi and just log that, uh, that, 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 that bet for IQ. Cause that would have been a whole lot of bread. So true. I hope people that were listening, you know, locked in that, that had yeah. access here in New York, you can't vote on, can't bet on, um, these, uh, on, on those type of odds for some reason. I don't, you know, I've, that has never been fully explained to me, but, uh, nevertheless, um, uh, we know about the production off the bench now with Brogdon dinged up the last couple weeks um, and, and IQ taking his game to another level. That, that seems like a lock. Um, but, you know, also when Brunson's been out, IQ stepped into the starting lineup and stepped in. Last night was the 17th game he started the season. So not four games, not eight games. This is 17 games. It's a decent sample size. Uh, in those 17 contests, IQ was averaging 21.1 points, 5.2 rebounds, five assists versus just one turnover. 2.8 made three pointers while posting a true shooting percentage of just shy of 60%, 59.8%. Um, that's really good. <laughs> to put that in context, there are only um, uh, five players that have matched or exceeded those numbers uh, in those categories in games they've started the season, minimum 15 starts. Those five players, Luka Doncic, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Steph Curry. Um, again, that's points, assists, rebounds, threes, and a, and a shooting percentage of uh, above 59%. Um, you know, a lot of the talk when the Knicks were pursuing Jalen Brunson was, uh, we like, you know, Brunson's a great player. He, he showed that he can be a really, really good player. But a lot of Nick fans wanted IQ to to get an opportunity to start. Um, and, and for yeah. these reasons, he's shown that in the games he started. Now, fortunately for New York, Leon Rose um, brought Jalen Brunson into town. And having the combo of them is, is obviously better than having just one of them with us, certainly with as well as, as Brunson's played and, and what turns out to be a value contract. Um, it's descending in, in, in contract structure, uh, all that good stuff. Um, and speaking of contracts, IQ playing so well is going to put the Knicks in a tough position this summer because his agent's going to come to the table and and and, and play that fat Joe. Um, yesterday's price, <laughs> not today's price. Um, he's going to be asking for a, a lengthy, uh, a, a lucrative extension. Um, and we'll see if the Knicks are how high the Knicks are willing to go. Um, if the if IQ and his, and his and his and his representatives are willing to meet him somewhere in the middle, um, you know, because he could easily say, "Listen, I want to push this thing to restricted free agency. I think somebody will will take a swing. Uh, you know, be offer up a big price tag." Uh, but those are conversations for another day. Um, you know, just as as far as Monday night's game goes. Um, you know, and to, to directly answer your question, um, there's been a lot of storylines, a lot of stuff we've talked about this year. Obviously, Brunson, you know, one of the best free agent signings in, in franchise history. Randall from 
all NBA to a terrible season, back to all NBA production um, with some hiccups in between. Um, you know, Grimes develop, you know, emerging as as a as a reliable starter. Um, the Hartenstein uh, free agent, you know, uh, acquisition really paying huge dividends. Um, the Josh Hart acquisition at the trade deadline that took the Knicks from good to very very good and and you know kind of vaulted them up to a, a higher tier. All those things considered, in terms of how it impacts the Knicks' success this season and how it will impact the Knicks' success three, four, five, six years down the road. The ascension, the emergence of Emmanuel quickly this season um, into the player that he's become before our very eyes um, is incredibly significant and arguably as important as all those other pieces um, because he uh, more than likely will be at Nick for a long time, and this is kind of his coming-of-age of season, and it's it's been a joy to watch. It's, it's been an absolute joy to watch, and, and uh, because because uh, Tommy called for, I felt like I hit it. Yesterday's price is not today's price. Yesterday's price is not today's price. Yeah, that man quickly extension. Ooh, <laughs> the money the money is going to come to him is going to is going to be big. Um, it may require the Knicks to make some tough decisions elsewhere, but uh, no, there is a fact that Emmanuel quickly has to remain on this team. He has to be a part of this future. And, you know, look, I'm not going to say every point and every take on this show that we make is going to be right, but I, I am proud of the fact that when Emmanuel was not playing as good as he is right now, that me and you both sat on this uh, podcast and said, this is a man that you cannot trade. This is a guy that you have to keep in the fold. And now uh, Emmanuel quickly really, uh, uh, showing you know the dividends for the Knicks that they did keep that trust in them and did not trade him for a future first round pick. I mean that would have been a disaster if they would have done something like that. So you get this performance from him. I, I do feel like he really is growing into the third best player. Sometimes like what what I need people to understand is like you know when we had this conversation as third best player, fourth best player. Like sometimes you say okay, but man, quickly third best player. That means oh well, that means RJ is not that good. It's like well. Not necessarily. I mean, it could just be you got a good team, you know, like like RJ Brad had a good game yesterday. Um, he's been playing better of late. But what Emmanuel quickly brings on both sides of the floor um, every single night. And and what Tibbs kind of talked about in the post game, I'm trying to find the sound. I couldn't find it. But he kind of said what I said uh, after the Boston game, which is like, again, this guy is a chameleon. I mean, you, he can be anything you need him to be. So uh, he, he can he can come off the bench. He can snipe on uh, snipe as a as a spot up shooter. You need him to come off the bench and find his offense as a primary ball handler. He can do that. He can start and be a primary ball handler and get guys involved. He can start and look for his own shot. He can start and play off the ball next to another point guard. So uh, as quick as Tim said last night, he's a plug and play type of guy. And the fact that you have that kind of guy in your roster that you just plug in for your all star caliber, all NBA point guard, and you lose no production. Like the Knicks lost no production. <laughs> from what they would have gotten from Jalen Brunson in a game like that. I mean, it was funny look, looking at Brunson on the sidelines. He was like kind of laughing, just like, man, like I wish I could have got out there and got some of these buckets. This looks like this looks a lot of fun, a lot easier than maybe some of these other games I've dealt with. And one thing I will say about the Brunson effect that I don't, I don't think I've heard a lot of people talk about is I think, because we know the Knicks practice hard. I think practicing against Brunson every single day has made Emmanuel quickly a lot better. Um, because the guys, you know, he's been practicing with, playing with, studying film with before, you know, haven't been guys that are, you know, upper echelon guys. We know Derrick Rose is a great vet, and I'm sure, you know, Derrick Rose will teach him a lot. But he hasn't played with an upper echelon guard since he's been with the New York Knicks. 
Now you're playing with Jalen Brunson. Now you're in practice with Jalen Brunson. So you're seeing what Jalen Brunson is able to do on the court, how he's able to get his to his spots, how he's able to manipulate a defense. And you start to pick up on the thing. You start to say, hey, I can do that. Or how do I add, that, how to, how to add this to my game? Or just guarding a guy like that and, and knowing how challenging he is. Then when you go up against a lot of these other guards in the NBA, maybe it's not as hard guarding those guys if you're prepared and quick talks about how much he watches film on the other teams and he's really become uh, a film nerd when it comes to that aspect of the game. I think that being around one, uh, such a great player like Brunson in the backcourt, but also such a great pro has really helped. Um, uh, I quickly a lot. I think that's a, a point about his game that hasn't been talked about enough. I know he talked a lot about Johnny Bryant, surprise, surprise, Johnny Bryant, Helping another Nick uh, throughout through this season, you know we've heard that a bunch, but um, but I, I do want to shout out Bryant, but but I think uh, his his time with Brunson, we've seen how much that has impacted his game. Yeah, you know a lot of times we you know we joke around about off season work and uh, you know I'm in the best shape of my life and I put on ten pounds of muscle. We heard all that from from uh, Emmanuel quickly this off season, and we kind of laughed about, we laughed about it because um, we you know we joke around about all these guys are are. Yeah. Always- but, but credit to they're all, they're all coming in with the in the best shape of their life, you know, all the same stuff. Yeah. Exactly, exactly, and posting workout videos for Instagram. Um, but but credit to IQ, he came, he he put the work in this offseason, yeah. and it showed. Um, we know about the, the the extra muscle that he added that's helped him become a better finisher. Um, not only does he have the floater, he has that quick little turnaround when he gets that one foot in the paint, um, and that mid range jumper has been a, a real revelation in his game this season. Yeah. Added, um, continuous, continually adding points. Um, you know, uh, to, to you know, getting to the free throw line, adding points that way, yeah, uh, be, become incredibly efficient. Scored eight, 40 points on 18 field goal attempts yesterday, um, nine assists, one turnover. Again, you know, just he talked about as we've talked about the start of the game, I want to get everybody involved, but he also realized the Knicks needed to snap out of things. Um, you know, so there's, there's, that goes into it. The other component, um, and, and we'll talk about it in a second was playing the Rockets who look like an yeah. AAU team out there that just have no cohesion yeah. on, you know, look at just hunting highlights offensively, um, really no idea how to defend. Um, and the, the Knicks did not look good in the first half, letting that team on the back, on the back end of a back to back hang around. Um, they were only up five points at halftime, um, and they would have been losing had it not been, you know, a man who quickly essentially pitching a perfect game, um, over the first two quarters. And then everyone kind of caught fire, you know, um, it was good to see Obi snap out of a nasty slump in the fourth quarter, yeah. he scored 15 points in the final frame. They finally got uh, Grimes involved um, in, in the action in the second half. Um, he hits four three pointers, um, career high nine rebounds, six assists again. We, and we, we'll say it again. We'll, we'll continue to say it. Get Grimes involved in the offense. Good things happen. They finally started to do that a little bit more. Um, but yeah, the, the 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 certainly the takeaway um, has been the improved play of of Emmanuel quickly, um, and, and arguably his best game as a pro. Um, you know, obviously the Boston game was kind of his announcement to the uh, national stage. Um, but this game certainly speaks a lot about uh, you know just what what he's capable of doing. And remember, kid's just twenty three years old. Yeah. Um, you know, I, again, we, I feel like we almost we have to mention it. Um, this is a guy that was coming off the bench behind Alex Burks, a thirty year old shooting guard. Um, you know, IQ doesn't have that many reps with the starting yeah. lineup and at high level. Um, he didn't get those reps as many reps as you would have liked last season. Um, but uh, you know, we've seen when when he's put in position and given an opportunity to succeed 
This kid has continues again and again and again to do just that. And just his consistency on both ends of the floor has just been, he's been the metronome of, of the Knicks season. You know, Randall, you get these swings, these emotional outbursts up and down. Yeah. He didn't look great yesterday, and he finally addressed the media. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, obviously, Brunson's kind of been in and out of the lineup the last few weeks. He plays so hard every night. Um, he's going to get dinged up. Um, and, and obviously, when he's on the floor, he's been fantastic. But IQ, night in, night out. His shooting kind of, you know, he'll go through a little hot streak, then a little slow yeah. streak. Um, you know, he's not, he's not, a, he's not a, an elite uh, perimeter shooter yet in, in terms of percentages, but it seems like when you need shots, he makes them. And then again, even when the shots aren't falling, um, kind of the quarterback on the de- of the defense on the perimeter just gives you so much on, on both ends of the floor. Uh, just his, 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 there's something to be said for him just showing up every day, um, bringing that right attitude. He plays with the joy um, that's infectious. You see him skipping around the court. Yeah. Um, it's just, just really hard to overstate how important he is to the Knicks. And you talk about him being so even keeled. I mean, to me, I even think about that incident with Randall last week where, like, you know, <laughs> Randall's a big six foot nine, 250 pound sledgehammer, and he's yelling down, bearing down on you. A lot of guys would kind of step away and shy away and, you know, maybe kind of, you know, get a little, uh, you know, tail between their legs. IQ stood right in there and said, all right, what are we going to do? <laughs> and then they just went right back to the locker room. And then I kind of was wondering how that second half would go, and he was – great in that second half i mean he like you know like he's unflappable you know it doesn't again it doesn't matter what you ask him to do it doesn't matter what situation he's in um yours and get the same manual quickly shots may fall shots may not fall but yours and get the same effort and uh what I, what i will say about the hot and cold streets with him is that you see that the cold streets are a lot less or they're not as long you know there there used to be times where it seemed like quickly couldn't make a shot for you know three, three weeks and you know that those may be a game or two and then he gets back to and, 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 and a lot of that has to do, and a lot of that has to do with in years past that would be the case. And but this year it's been a, the, the 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 slumps are, are shortened because he does a better job getting the paint, getting the free throw yep. line, as opposed to relying strictly on those perimeter shots. Yeah, I mean, last yeah, I mean that that game Monday night. I mean, Kevin Porter was in hell trying to guard him, and and the Rockets have a lot of issues regarding like what they're doing with their backcourt. I, I don't I don't know how you can play a backcourt with Kevin Porter and Jalen Green at this point. Like, if both guys are talented, but neither is a point guard. Neither guy can defend. So I don't I, – I'm watching this game, and Mario quickly is just cutting these guys up. And I'm like, you don't have a guy to run out there and just pick him up 94 feet and try to slow things out. Like, they had no chance. So um, a lot of problems one, with the Rockets. One other, one yeah. other thing I just – I was thinking about last night was watching, uh, watching that Rockets team was just knowing – be careful what you wish for sometimes because I understand a lot of Nick Nick fans are hoping for a complete tear down and rebuild. Yeah. There is something to be said for um, getting a guy like Brunson, keeping a guy like Randall, and you know this way you're you're at worst you know you'll be competitive most nights, and then if things go right and Emmanuel quickly takes a huge step forward and Grimes emerges as a, as a solid starter, you can you know you're, you're 11 games above 500, and then all of a sudden you can yeah. be excited about the playoffs. Whereas the Rockets, yes, they are at the start of a rebuild and they have a lot of picks, and maybe they get win by Yan and everything turns around. Um, but this is a hard team to root for. Um, there's yeah. just not, you know, Jamar Smith has had moments, looks pretty good. It's, it looks like he'll be a good player, uh, but there's, you know, the, just the way they compete on a night and night out basis has been rough. Um, on the flip side of the coin, you got the Magic, who we saw them play Thursday. That's a team you love to to root for yeah. uh, over the next five years, buy stock in them, you know, that type of thing. But um, I just thought it was interesting thinking about the directions of the Knicks franchise could have taken recently. Um, 
when you rebuild and, and get all these draft picks, it, it looks good on paper, but then you got to sit through six months of watching, you know, Kevin Porter Jr. and um, yeah. defense, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, the, those type of things can be tough. Yeah, it's like there's a spectrum, right? There's yep. the OKC Thunder yep. um, and the Magic, probably in the yep. middle, and then there's yep. the Rockets, you know? Yep. So it's like you can be on any one of these spectrums. You know, you love to be the Thunder. You probably would feel good about being the Magic, but if you're the Rockets, you're like, or, All right, you know, three years from now, let's hope this thing works out because we know where we are right now. Or the Spurs, you know, like right, the, yeah. you know, like that, and and you know that they're they're you know, like if they don't win this lottery, what's what's their path towards towards sustained success? I don't know. So. Yeah, um, watching this game, do you feel like the, do you are you convinced the Knicks are back on track? Uh, they had that really rough first half defensively. They did score the ball. A lot to do with it. Maybe quickly scoring the ball, but they did score the ball at a high rate against this team, which is one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA. You saw in the second half. One shout out I think you got to give to is Mitchell Robinson. I thought that he kind of changed um, just kind of the impact and feel of the game with some of those blocks um, in the second half where he's just ripping the ball out of guys' hands. I mean, the stuff that you see from NBA Street. I mean, he, he had a really good defensive uh, second half. He had three blocks in total for this game. Do you feel like the Knicks maybe got themselves back on track in that second half, or you feel like it's kind of more of a wait and see? Uh, for these next upcoming games? I'm on a wait-and-see approach. I think this game Wednesday is fascinating on so many levels. Um, obviously, the, the importance of it, and we'll get into standing-wise and, and all those stuff, but just yeah. in terms of where the Knicks are, um, one, did the Knicks get Brunson back? If this if he is not yeah. healthy for this Miami game, the most important game of the season, that's a worrisome sign. I think most – nobody was shocked that he sat out Monday, you know, just to, again, err on the side of caution, give him a little bit extra rest. Um, but if he sits out Wednesday's game, then there's a little bit of a cause for concern. If it's, if it's a sprained wrist, initially it was a hand, now it's a sprained wrist. You see him on the bench with the air cast on. Again, we're not going to speculate. We don't want to read too much into it. Let's see if he's. It's it, you know, it's it said that he'd been cleared fully and practiced fully with the team over weekend over the weekend. That's very encouraging news. Um, let's see where he is at Wednesday night if he's in the starting lineup. Yeah, um, Breen also, said. Yeah, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, you. you, you I heard yeah, that. I was gonna, that Breen just yeah, said he's expected to play. Um, yeah, and bring yeah, and he said and he said during the game that he he wanted to play Monday night, like he wanted to right. play in that Rockets game, and that the Knicks held him back, which I actually enjoyed hearing that honestly, yes. because you know I feel like with this Knicks team and this tenure under Thibodeau, like they've been more inclined to just throw him back out there. Uh, guys hurt, guys a little tired, and, and you know they need JB as uh, healthy and as rested as possible. A game against the Rockets where you got to win the game, you hope that. Your other guys like Emmanuel quickly, somebody can step up and get that W. So I was happy to see that A, he maybe could have played if they needed him to, but also B, that they decided, uh, well, let's rest in the, uh, on the air. Let's air uh, on the side of caution here and let's uh, get you another uh, game of rest here. Totally. And the other good thing about the blowout, and Obi played well in the fourth quarter, is Randall yep. only played 27 minutes last night. Um, again, as much time and extra, you know, minutes and, and rest you can buy yeah. him is, is much important. Not only just ahead of the um, the the heat game on Wednesday, but also just obviously the two weeks, you know, three weeks before the, the uh, playoffs start. Um, yeah. yeah. So, but the other thing is the, the, the first half was not good. That was not a good first half that coming off a three game losing streak. Um, Emmanuel quickly called this a must win. Um, he said it was a must win game after the win on MSG. Um, so they, they knew they needed to come out and, and, and play well. They didn't play well the first half um, defensively. They were atrocious. Um, uh, so I, I need to see a little bit more. You mentioned, um, I thought Mitch set the tone third quarter, three blocks, like when the first four, four or five minutes, yeah. um, 
I think really kind of you know changed the the vibe and just kind of changed the tenor of the game. Um, and and you know you know what you're going to get from from Hart. Um, two steals, two blocks again. Um, you know Hartenstein had another great game, plus 32 yeah. in, in just 25 minutes. Six assists for him. Um, so you know those guys are going to contribute. The Randall thing is is a little bit worrisome. He didn't didn't seem to have that vim and vigor, that energy. Um, even when he, I thought, scored, I thought he had a good first. I thought he had a good first quarter. His first quarter was good. Um, yeah. uh, six, I think six of nine. You know, eleven points. Yeah. So you, you know, you know he's going to come out well. But I'm just talking about his body language. Just right. didn't seem didn't seem great. Um, and he's the type of guy. Even when he scores, he kind of puts his head down and doesn't really. I don't want to say ignores his teammates, but um, they almost seem to have to try to get his attention and don't want to be overly exuberant. Um, and it just right. that kind of dour. You know, it's focused energy, and it, certainly when it's focused in the right direction, it seems well. Uh, but coming off last week. Um, them keeping him away from the media, didn't talk to the media after Thursday, didn't talk Friday, didn't talk Saturday. Um, finally talked to the media, um, pregame, um, after the, after the shoot around. Um, but it's just, there's, it just, uh, until kind of Randall gets back on track, um, until we see that, that Brunson's healthy, um, until RJ kind of plays consistently. Um, he was coming off a bad game Thursday, played pretty well, um, on Monday night, um, kind of did what, what the Knicks needed him to do. Yeah. Um, those are kind of things we'll need to see. Um, you know, before I say the Knicks are back on track and, and kind of full steam ahead. Um, and Wednesday's a great test. This is, you know, this is why you, you play the, this is why you compete for, you know, the first 70 plus games of the season. So you put yourself in position, whereas if you can knock off the heat, um, you can all but secure a, a, a top five seed. Knicks win 137-115 against Houston. Get my man RJ Barrett some calls, please. Like, what, what was the refereeing in this game? Like, it was like Randall kind of like, you know, complaining his way into getting some calls finally. Like, I thought in the first quarter they made a point to, like, give him calls that he was not getting. And then, like, RJ was, like, getting mauled going to the basket. And, you know, he had three turnovers. I felt like two of them were fouls. Like, you know, it was just like, I don't know what was going on with that. So, hopefully the, the referee can kind of balance out. I'm happy Randall started getting some calls. Barrett had nine free throws. He could have had 15. Like, I, I the Rockets can't guard. Like, so he's, he's getting contact going to the rim. And, like, they weren't calling any. So, I don't know what that was about. But. Knicks get the win, um, but let's focus back on Julius Randle um, because he's been a hot topic because of his antics over the past few weeks. So before Monday's game, as Tommy mentioned, he did speak to the media for the first time since receiving a technical foul in three consecutive games that culminated in the Magic game in which he got attacked and then had the mini blow up with Emmanuel quickly. Uh, when asked about his recent outbursts, Randle acknowledged there's a fine line between passion and stepping over the line but rejected that it's a reflection that he is unable to be a leader for this team. He said, quote, I don't think it has to do with that. Name a perfect leader. Name a perfect human being, he said, uh, unquote. Uh, asked about the Texas exchange with Emmanuel quickly on the court, Randall said, quote, what happens within our team happens within our team, so I'm not going to speak on specifics on how we handle things. But at the end of the day, we're a team, we're good, and we're just focused on winning. So he would not elaborate as to whether or not there was an apology to Emmanuel quickly or if there was any kind of discipline or anything that was done, he said that that gets kept in house. So that was uh, Randall talking about, you know, the concerns about his behavior over the past few weeks. What I found interesting was quotes from Jeff Van Gundy, who spoke with uh, the New York Post and said that he is concerned about Julius Randall's temperament um, as a leader for the Knicks heading into the postseason. Randall uh, Van Gundy said, quote, when you're in the playoffs, every possession, there's obviously more meaning, more pressure. It's going to be more physical. So you're going to have to take more hits and bumps that are not called. And if you can't handle as a team, 
or as an individual, physical play or calls that don't go your way or bad runs in a game, then you're not going to have the mental fortitude to be able to endure and win playoff games and series. You need your best player to play their best when their best is needed. And the only way to do that is if you have mental strength. So uh, very pointed words there from uh, Jeff Van Gundy. Um, also, what I found interesting in this uh, interview he did with the uh, New York Post, they asked him, you know, is the onus on the coach staff or Tibbs to kind of uh, figure it out? And he uh, said that the onus is actually on Randall. He said, quote, as far as what a coach can do, if this problem is to be corrected, it's going to be because Julius Randall wants it to be corrected. It can uh, it can be punished by a coach or an organization, but it can only be corrected by the player. So I thought very interesting commentary from Jeff Van Gundy. There was a lot of commentary on the Julius Randall stuff that we've been seeing. It seems like fans have been split. There is the, the faction of fans that feel like uh, what happened was not a big deal and that maybe people are being too hard on Julius, given how he's played much of the season, how he's been, for the most part, a good soldier for the rest of the season. Others have talked about how what uh, what we've seen from him has been quite concerning. Um, are you convinced that Julius Randle is back on track, given what you heard from him uh, before the game on Monday? So there's a lot to unpack there. First, yeah. let me uh, – maybe I'll go in reverse order. The, okay. the, the fan commentary. Um, a very reasonable take to say, listen, it doesn't matter. These guys are temperamental. IQ's a grown man. They, we've all been on teams before. Some guys are ornery and get angry in the heat of the moment, and but then you know they'll go out for beers afterward or you know have a barbecue and everything's all good, and that's cool. Um, the one thing when when fans try to compare, they they're posting clips of Patrick Ewing yelling at teammates or comparing him to Kobe Bryant and Draymond. Insane please, please, please Insane. don't put, put Randall in the, in the same conversation when he wins a, you know, when he wins a defensive player of the year in a couple of wings, like rings, like Draymond, or if he's ever half the player that Kobe was and don't ever compare or Julius Randall to Patrick Ewing. That's the, you know, the, you just, you show that you, you, you're not familiar with, with Nick's history. Um, there's that. Um, so as far as Van Gundy's comments, um, I again, we've we talked about this previously, um, and I, it was my contention then, and I I, I believe it again now that um, that JV that Van Gundy's kind of a mouthpiece for Tibbs. The things Tibbs mm. wants to say publicly, um, Van Gundy's very happy to voice those concerns. Um, kind of a roundabout, be, you know, way to 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 let Randall know that this is not acceptable. Um, you know, in, in, in ways that that Tibbs either doesn't feel comfortable or or is calculated that he doesn't that 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 does it that it doesn't make sense. Um, the one issue I had with Van Gundy when he says as far as what a coach can do, uh, if the problems be corrected, it's going to have to be Julius Randle who wants to get it corrected. I don't disagree with that necessarily. Right. Um, but that being said, sometimes a player or person has to be incentivized to change their behavior. Um, when my son and my daughter argue over, you know, the something at dinner or they or they tease one another, they're not going to stop until I say, you know, usually until I say you guys, you guys are gonna have to go to bed early if you don't if you don't cut it out. You know, if yeah. left to their own devices, they would, you know, they, they would push and, you know, and nudge each other all day long. Um, you know, sometimes a person has to be, you know, shown that there, there, there are consequences to actions. Um, and at some point you, you'd feel, um, I think a lot of fans would, would feel comfortable if you would prefer that if uh, Tibbs took him, took the Randall to task, because we've seen what ignoring it does. It didn't work in year yeah. one. It hasn't worked in year two. Um, 
so let's try some different options here. Maybe calling him out of the carpet, maybe taking away his playing time, maybe benching him for a quarter or a half, whatever the case right. might be. Um, so, you know, that that's kind of all that's there. Again, it's not the biggest deal in the world, um, but, uh, you know, he's talked about the things that contribute to winning. Again, the Knicks have a very small margin for error. They don't have Giannis. They don't have Jokic. They right. don't have Kevin Durant. Um, they have a collection of very good players players that complement each other well, a roster that's structured successfully and correctly. When Randall's playing at all NBA level and, and Brunson's doing his thing and IQ is coming off the bench and contributing, and now you got Josh Hart and, and, and Barrick and chipping pieces, then the Knicks can compete with the best teams in the NBA on most nights. Again, but they if they don't, then they then they then they have the chance to get blown out, and they're not they're not as competitive again because they don't have that superstar to take over games in the fourth quarter and keep them close. So for those reasons, you want Randall to get as close to on the same page as possible. You don't want him to completely, you know, you don't want him to turn the, the switch off. And be, you know, part of the reason he's great, part of the reason he's going to make All NBA is because he's a force to be reckoned with when he puts his head down and gets angry and sledgehammers people under the basket. Um, you don't want to turn that towards the ref because it's counterproductive. You don't want to. Turn that yeah. on to your teammates or coaching staff because it doesn't usually yield positive results. Um, so, you know, again, there's 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 that fine line there. Randall's talked about himself. I don't need him to issue a public apology to the IQ. Um, yeah. but just do the right thing next time. Yeah. Um, well, I will say I think that your point about perhaps JVG speaking through Tibbs, you know, I had been skeptical of it. I'm starting to be more of a believer um, because this it, now it seems like, you know, he's fine. JVG seems to find the camera. Yep. Or the or the microphone when <laughs> Drew Randall's having issues to speak his mind about it. So so that definitely could be the case. I agree. I think what what the, some of the fans are missing when we say, well, what about these other great players and leaders who were not perfect? Michael Jordan has been mentioned. You know, <laughs> like the, the the problem that people don't understand is there's a certain level of rope that you get based on what you've accomplished in the league, and one of my favorite quotes about leadership came from Michael Jordan in the last dance. When he said, like, you could say I was an a-hole, you could say I was whatever. But the one thing you can never say is that Michael Jordan didn't do something that he's asking you to do. Like, whatever thing I'm going crazy about, whatever, like, I'm doing the same thing. So, like, the problem with Julius when it comes to these outbursts is you see times where he's not giving 100% effort. Or you see a player who has had these issues in the past and has not garnered a reputation as a leader, as a champion, as a superstar player, that you don't have the license or the rope to say, okay, I could believe in him that this is the way to be. Or I can trust that, okay, maybe he will maybe fly off the handle, but I know in that second half he's going to come out guns blazing, uh, locked in, ready to go. That's the problem. Like you earn that trust. And I think what the problem with some of the perception behind around Julius and this perception that maybe people are being too harsh is they think he's earned something. And last I checked, this is New York City. You earn your reputation, you earn your name in the playoffs, in the postseason. Do you win playoff games? Do you win playoff series? Do you win championships? That's what we care about. I mean, people mentioning, well, he had 57 points a couple of weeks ago. That was a loss. Who cares if he had 57 points and a loss? He also don't want the worst teams in the league. I don't, I don't, and with Jalen Brunson out there, I don't, I don't care that you had 57 points and now if you're hurting the team the next game, you're hurting the team the next game. It doesn't matter. So 
and and the other thing I I can't stand about this this commentary with Julie sometimes is like oh well you're pushing an agenda or you're a hater. It's like we got to get out of this thing now where if you're criticizing an athlete, you're pushing an agenda or you you're hating. Like Julius Randle is an important piece to the New York Knicks. Anybody who's rooting for the New York Knicks who is concerned about Julius Randle is because they're concerned about the Knicks. So Julius Randle having these incidents we've seen doesn't do well for them. Like I've seen Draymond Green get thrown out of games, get suspended and do whatever. But guess what? He's able to bounce back. The team's able to bounce back and they're able to go out and win championships, win playoff games, win playoff series. They're able to overcome that. And in fact, when they, they couldn't, he's the one that says it was me being out of control against Cleveland in game five that cost us an NBA championship. And that's the other part of it. Julius has these incidents, and then we can't find him. We got to put an APB out there or put him on a milk cart and say, where is this guy? We don't hear from him for a week. Like, that can't be – you cannot say you're a leader, and then when the, the stuff gets hot in the kitchen, you're you're nowhere to be found. So and, – and I, and I understand that there's frustration, there's anger. You don't want to go out there and say something stupid because you're angry. We get that. You saw RJ do it earlier where he didn't talk to the press after a bad game. He got benched, and that was fine. But – the problem with Julius is that it's a pattern. So when you see a pattern happening, it's, it's important for us to address it and say, oh, this is something that's continuing to go on. Like, how can a Knicks be a viable team, a team that now has real expectations, if one of your best players is so unfocused at times where he needs to be laser focused? And that's all we're asking from Julius. A hundred percent. And two things. One on the uh, the fan, you know, hater thing. Um, I'm happy you brought that up too, because yeah, in my comments and in Twitter mentions people, you don't like Julius. It's clear now that you just don't like, I never, I, I've never went to dinner with Julius Randall. I don't know if he's a good father. I don't know if he's a good husband. I don't know if he's cool to play pool with, you know, uh, like I, I haven't watched uh, movies with him. I don't know Julius Randall. When the thing, when, when he does things that don't help the Knicks, I write about it. When he does right. things that help the Knicks, I write about it. When I when he when he's playing well enough that he should force his way onto the NBA team, uh, uh, the old NBA team, I write about it. When he gets three technicals and three consecutive games and has blowups that 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 impact the emotional fabric of the team, I write right. about it. It has nothing to do with how I feel about the individual personally. Um, I think like in the social media realm, people get too confused about whether you like yeah. somebody or you or you dislike somebody. It doesn't. It, it has nothing to do with that. Um, so that's that point. And, and yes, the, the, the earning the, the, the reputation, we know we have three years worth of data now when he's playing well and focused and focused on the right things and smiling and kind of, yeah. you know, seemingly, you know, in the, in a good mental space, the Knicks win when, right. they are, yeah. you know, they, and they went big when things yeah. aren't and he's getting technicals and he's angry and he's pouting and he's ignoring the media. The Knicks tend not to do as well. There's not a one-to-one correlation, but there's a pretty good direct correlation between the vibes around the team and, 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 and motion and Randall individually and the, and the success. Um, so all that's wrapped into it. So we can't ignore it when we see it, it, it has to be acknowledged as Van Gundy talked about the pressure is only going to get ramped up and and again to your point this is new york um it's, yeah. it's awesome that we have an important game on the 73rd 74th whatever it is game of the season wednesday night the knicks have played well enough largely due to randall's incredible production this season but let's not fool right. ourselves that's to get into the playoffs when the game's 
take up added importance. And that's when you, you develop a reputation. Randall has had one taste of the postseason and it went awfully and he did not yes. respond well. Um, let's see how he, how he does in, you know, in his second taste. Hopefully they get there um, as they should. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the other thing was just to, uh, just quickly about kind of earning the thing. And I, and I hate to sound like an old, you know, I'm, I'm in my forties now, the <laughs> constant complaining after every call. And it's not just yeah. by the good players in the team. It's by every player on Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah. If you watch Nets games, literally I mean, Jabari Smith last night as a rookie is going after the refs. He got teed up. 19 year old Jabari yeah. Smith. I mean, you see it on the college level. Every call is, is you know, stunned. I think one of the reasons if I had to vote, I'd vote for Jokic is because he doesn't complain that much on, <laughs> on, on, on calls. And I, and I, and I, and, and, and you, and Luka Doncic, this, all this stuff trickles down. You mentioned Jabari Smith, the AAU kids see it, the college kids see it. Um, this, we can talk about it over the summer, but the NBA has to nip this thing in the bud where you're, where every player, listen, it used to be, and I heard uh, NBA radio, I sold. And, and Scalabrini talking about this yeah. yesterday morning was Jordan and Pippen and Phil Jackson can complain at the refs. Everybody else shut up, you know, like <laughs> yeah, BJ Armstrong and, and even Horace Grant, those guys don't have, they, they can't get away with, <laughs> with confronting yeah. the refs. If you're one of the best players in the team, one of the best players in the sport, you get a little extra rope and you can, you know, you can make a tantrum and then you get back on defense. Um, but that that's something for another day. Um, but yeah, to, to your point, Randall hasn't earned the the ability to, to curse out teammates and, and, and go tantrums and ignore media uh, for days at a time. Yeah, because at the end of the day, they don't know if like him doing that is going to result in anything good. In fact, it's only resulted in bad things. That's what's so crazy about this conversation yeah. is that like it'd be different if I said, "Oh, Randall got thrown out of the game." The next game, he had fifty. I was like, "All right, there's a there's a clear evidence that like again, like like Jamon Green, like you just know that you kind of just have to let that guy loose a little bit." Like I think Curry even doesn't go a little too far, but you just know that you're gonna you just that's the only way to get the most out of him is to kind of let him kind of go yeah, off. Or or you'll see with coaches sometimes they'll get a technical to right on purpose. With Randall, it works in the opposite. He doesn't get the tech and then cool down. He just escalates and escalates. Yeah, escalates. right. Because he doesn't. Because he doesn't have control of his emotions in those times. Right. Where again, there are right. guys or coaches or Draymond Green said himself when he did that thing against uh, uh, you know um, Dylan Brooks. He was like, "I get technical fouls when I want to get technical fouls." Yeah. Like with Randall, you see that there is like a, a clear, you know, something that snaps in his head. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Keep... It's it's not calculated where he thinks like, no. "Okay, right. you know, he loses." Yeah, it's like he loses it, and then he stays focused on it, and he can't move on from it. And he can't, like, you know, because then the game will end, and how many times you see him be the last guy to leave the court because he's following the refs into the locker room. Like, so, so look, Randall, I, I thought last night, better game than we've seen from him. Offensively, I thought he was really good. Um, Didn't do anything rebounding. I didn't think his defense was that great. No, nobody's defense was that great in that first half, so I'm not going to necessarily pick on him. Um, this Monday, this uh, Wednesday game against the Heat will be huge to see kind of where he's at. This is a team that he's had success yep. against this season. Um, let's see where he's at in this uh, big game. So let's talk about that. So the Knicks will have uh, one of their biggest games of the season, maybe the biggest game of the season, uh, depending on who you ask, when they, the Heat come to Madison Square Garden to face the home team on Wednesday. New York comes into Tuesday. Two and a half games up ahead of Miami in the standings. The Heat beat the Knicks uh, last Wednesday, 127-120. Uh, but Miami, Miami filed that up with uh, maybe their worst loss of the season. They lost by 29 points to the Nets at home on Saturday. Had uh, uh, Udonis Haslam looking very down bad on the bench watching his team uh, get obliterated on a night that was supposed to celebrate him, actually, 
uh, the Heat uh, face the Raptors in Tuesday, or excuse me, on uh, Tuesday night in Toronto. So they'll have a game uh, before they come to Madison Square Garden Wednesday. So you're talking about a back-to-back here. Uh, this will be a crucial game for the Knicks to avoid the playing tournament. The Heat currently tied with the Nets for sixth and seventh. Uh, Heat sitting seventh right now because the Nets have that tiebreaker. The Knicks will clinch the head-to-head tiebreaker over the Heat with a win on Wednesday because they have already beaten the Heat twice, two out of three. If they get the three out of four, then they wrap up the head-to-head tiebreaker. Um, so do you feel like the Knicks can get this win? This will put Miami away for good? I think so. Uh, and and I think this is the most important game of the season, bar none. Um, in, 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 you factor in the, clo- the, the proximity to the postseason, the loss, the bad loss in Miami last week, yep. uh, part of the three-game losing streak. Can then you know the, the win against the, the a win is a win the win against the Rockets but this would kind of you know make fans feel more comfortable that the Knicks are back on track um, and just kind of send a message to themselves the team the rest of the Eastern Conference their potential first round opponent um, and one other thing um, I I don't know if, if we if we paid enough attention to it because I didn't have until this morning the Cavs have forty eight wins the Sixers have forty nine. Um, yeah, the, the Cavs are just a game and a half behind the Sixers, and the Sixers have an incredibly tough schedule. I was looking at their schedule this morning. Um, it, it, down the stretch here, they play. They they uh, they host the Mavs Wednesday in an incredibly interesting game. Um, yeah, Mavs. Kyrie, talk about that. I mean, with Mavs and the Mavs. Well, they get it. <laughs> Crazy situation. But then they won last night. Now they're only a half game back of yeah. you know getting right back in that playoff mix. It looked like they were dead and buried um, after the NBA does them a favor and 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 rescinds a technical on Luka Doncic. Um, but so so the the um, Sixers host the Mavs. Host the Raptors Friday, Sunday at Milwaukee. Next Tuesday, they host the, the Celtics. Next Thursday, they host the Miami. Then they close out the season at Atlanta at Brooklyn. Um, so not a, a cakewalk by any stretch of the imagination. Cleveland has a far easier schedule. Um, if the Knicks stay yeah, in that five, what's that? Yeah, I say according to Tankathon, uh, the Cleveland has the second easiest schedule left remaining. The Philly has the uh, second toughest schedule remaining with seven games left. They're exactly. they're tough. They're they're quote unquote easiest game is against Toronto. Exactly, and then and that's a game that they can. Toronto's playing much better, right? Like, um, and uh, Nick fans will be rooting for Toronto, may, or if more just as much rooting for a close game, a triple overtime game. So that the, right. Um, one other thing I just wanted to mention because uh, the alert popped up on my phone in the one thirty. We're recording this. What's the Tuesday? Tuesday afternoon. Yes, Tuesday. Um, in the Tuesday afternoon injury report. Um, Jimmy Butler was just downgraded to questionable with his back. Mm. Um, uh, sorry, a neck injury. So uh, he still sounds like he's going to play a questionable. He has a questionable tag, which I think is basically 50-50 shot or closer to 75%. Yeah. Um, but it is the front front end of a back-to-back. Might he keep him out or play him tonight, and then he might have to sit out. Something to keep an eye on for Nick fans, uh, Jimmy Butler, because without him, you know, he's the head of the snake over there. We we saw how important he is um, in the you know and he, and he's decided to start playing now. It's after the All Star break. Yeah, so he figures he'll. Uh, <laughs> this, yeah. this is when he decides that the game's count, yeah. um, which may not be the best strategy if the Heat fall into the seventh seed. Um, but uh, so th- that all that being said, there's a very interesting scenario playing out between that four and five seed. If the Knicks stay in the five seed, they might actually end up playing the Sixers um, in the first round. But uh, that's a story and a shoot to worry about for another day um i think uh, to directly answer your question if the knicks win tonight uh, uh sorry wednesday night 
that would, uh, I don't want to say it would lock up uh, a five or six seed or, or, or prevent the, at least the heat from catching the Knicks, which would lock at least the six seed. Right. Um, I think it would, you know, 95, 99% in that, in that area. This would be a, a huge win. Yeah, I mean, Knicks only have six games left. Uh, heat obviously have, um, I believe, seven. So, yeah, if you're talking about uh, getting a win here, now you got five games left and you're up three and a half game or well, we'll see what happens. I mean, they could be up uh three games, depending on if they lose Toronto, they could be up two. But I mean, if you're talking about going up four, like that that they, they get it's over. Like, Miami's not catching and you're and, you're gonna be and, in the and, you're gonna at least not be in the plan. And we talked, and as we talked about last time, this would give a win would give the Knicks a three-one series lead. Yes, and now you can't tie them. Right. And that's huge. Yeah. And that and that so then not only then it's like five because the Heat wouldn't just have to catch the Knicks, they'd have to pass them. Yeah, so so this is why this game is so important. Um, and and I think that yeah, if the Knicks can get this game, I think that you can feel good about Miami not catching you. If Miami can't catch you, then you're not gonna you're not gonna see the playing tournament, which is uh, the most important thing because you know two losses in a playing tournament, and you're gone. So so Knicks don't want to be in that predicament. And also there are some teams in there that uh, Knicks have struggled against this season. We mentioned the Raptors. Um, you know they've had some tough games against the Bulls this season. So. Uh, that's not something they want to have to even deal with. So this is why this game is very important. I think uh, for the Knicks to come out of, you mentioned Jimmy Butler's health. I mean, Jimmy Butler's been playing so well of late. Um, the fact that now he may be dinged up, whether he's healthy or not, um, or rather whether he plays or not, if he plays and he's dinged up, that still is a, a big loss for the Heat because of just how well he's been playing of late. And for the Knicks, I, I, we got to see the defense ever pick up in this game. Like, I want to see, and and you know, I was thinking about this game coming into the show today. Like, I really hope that everyone at Mass Square Garden that's rooting for the Knicks or involved in the Knicks treats this like a playoff game. Like, I think that the and the Knicks players they have that same kind of mentality, the same kind of focus, the same kind of tenacity. I think the fans need to show up in a big way in this game. This is the first time I'm calling on Knicks fans going to Mass Square Garden on on Wednesday. I think. For a lot of the season, Knicks have been good, and the Garden's always a great place to play. But in some ways, like I feel like for a lot of opposing teams, it is not an intimidating place to play because uh, you know, you know, they talked uh, they talked about it during the broadcast on Monday night how the Rockets were so excited to play at Madison Square Garden for the first time. A lot of those young players uh, were really excited, and and they kind of came in, you know, on their Snapchat or oh, not Snapchat, Jesus, probably on their TikToks and you know the Instagram lives, walking through the Garden, like, yo, I'm at Madison Square Garden. That's apparently what Jabari Green was doing um, before the game. Uh, uh, so like uh, Jalen Green, I'm sorry, uh, mixed up their two rookies or two young players, but Jalen Green was doing that for the game. So like, that's all well and good, but I think for a game like this against technically a rival, but also a team that, you know, chasing you in the standings, I, I, I need a playoff like type atmosphere at the guard and they can't make this an easy place to play. I'm hoping everybody comes with the right, uh, importance heading into this game and the right te- intensity heading into this game, because this game really is that important. Uh, very true. And the Knicks don't have a lot of players with with playoff experience, you know. Yeah. Um, obviously, Brunson had his run last year and some of the Knicks got a taste two years ago. Um, but, you know, Josh Hart has talked about why these games mean so much because he's never played a competitive game yeah. this late in the season. Um, he's never played on, in a playoff game yet. So um, that will kind of familiarize yourself with the intensity and the and, the, and the just kind of what it takes and, and the things that are asked of you and just kind of how the everything's kind of amplified uh, in, in these type of games. So, um, 
um, you know, I, I, I the issue with asking for the fans is so many of the real fans are priced out, unfortunately. I know. Um, yeah. at, at Garden, that's difficult to get even get into the game. Um, it's insane to, to try to get in there. But you're right, the fans that are in there, um, season ticket holders, um, a little practice for them as well to get ready to get their get their vocal cords ready yeah. uh, for the whole season because this one, uh, this game is um, again, I think the most important game the Knicks have played uh, this regular season. Um, certainly, they didn't play any really important games last season, so dating back to um, the the the, uh, the four seed the 2020 21 season, but before that, there very it, it, there hasn't been a time where the Knicks have played a game in late March. Um, you get the heat adds a little bit more intensity to it. Um, should be fun. I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to one as well. I mean, Miami recently, when we talked about the, you know, they played the Knicks. They've not played a lot. They played the Knicks, and then they played the Nets. That's the only game they've played. You know, and obviously they have this game coming up, which is why they'll have um, this rest of event heading into um, this game on Wednesday. But going from that Nick win to that Brooklyn loss, where, you know, they gave up 37 points in the second quarter, th- uh, 39 points in the third quarter. In the second half, they scored 18 points in the third quarter, 13 in the fourth quarter, he's about 31 in the second half. This, I mean, and, and that's why I'm really focused on the defense because we saw in that first game against Miami, or that first game, but the last game against Miami, where the Knicks, you know, they made the Heat look like this great three-point shooting team, a team that can get up and down and, and spread you out. And that's not who this Heat team has been this season. They have been a lot more of kind of a rugged, kind of like slow you down and kind of just try to beat you into submission kind of team. They just don't have that kind of offensive firepower the Nets were able to, you know, with their athletes and their uh, defensive players, were able to kind of just, you know, snuff them out completely in the second half. The the, the Knicks need to come out with that same intensity, like like uh, whether it's you know cutting off Jimmy Butler and not making him uh, get a lot of confidence early. You know, I thought that in that last game they were showing a little too much respect for his drive. Like there were a couple times he just stepped into some jump shots that were practice shots. Like that can't happen. Um, they got to stay attached to Tyler Hero. Hero's played great, I think, every game against the Knicks this season. They have not really guarded him that well. Um, he was the only guy that played well in that game against uh, the Nets a couple of nights ago. You got to stay attached to him. I, I'm looking for Quentin Grimes, who had a really big game in Miami offensively, to uh, uh, have that same kind of impact defensively, which you can do. There's one thing about the Heat is because they don't have really a threat at the point guard position, these guys playing off the ball, Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, he can actually – get reps on these guys. Now, you can't guard both of them, so he's going to need help from somebody else. But uh, but I'm hoping that Grimes can step up and have another big game this uh, this uh, Wednesday both on both sides of the ball. Yeah, get, and get Grimes involved, man. It's just that, yeah. you know, we, we talked about it before. Yeah, it was, you know, it was the, like almost the end of the second quarter before we took his first shot last night. Yeah, um, that that, that's that, that, that's something that shouldn't happen. So that's on IQ. That's on Tibbs. That's on everybody. Um, Randall and, and Barrett and all those guys um, keep him involved because, you know, he's tasked with, with stopping Jimmy Butler. So make Jimmy Butler work on the other end, even though Butler's going to guard Randall. And, um, you know, and, and uh, a lot of the time we've seen that, uh, you know, Bam's going to get a shot at Randall too. So, um, but yeah, a, a big game, um, you know, Tibbs, in-game adjustments, all that stuff. This is, this, again, this has kind of a playoff feel to it. Um, these teams have just saw each other last week. They've seen each other three times already this season. Um, you're probably going to know what the other team is going to do, X's and O's wise. Um, Knicks need to come out hungry. Um, they didn't fall behind by 10 points uh, in the first half against the the, Rap- uh, the Rockets for the first time in five games. Um, but that's because the Rockets are terrible. Uh, you play the way yeah. you did against the the, the the Rockets in the first half. Uh, that Miami team is up 10 points going to the halftime. And then yeah. you have to dig yourself out of a hole. Um, you know, so come out. Uh, play well, play with energy, 
play inspired and, and show the heat, show the rest of the league, show your first round opponent, be it the Cavs or the Sixers, uh, that you mean business. And then you can kind of, you know, and this and that'll buy you um, a little bit of leeway, a little bit of rope to, to rest Randall a little bit more of the final five games, to rest Brunson a little bit more if you can, uh, you know, kind of eliminate the heat from, from that top six. Knicks heat Wednesday night at the Garden, playoff implications. All those words is like a happy place for me. <laughs> reminds me of my childhood. Reminds me of, of one of the reasons why I love the NBA, why I love the Knicks, why I love basketball as a whole. So, um, again, if you're at the game, be loud, be rambunctious. Don't be offensive or anything like that, of course. But uh, let's let's hope we got a really great atmosphere for this game because it is a big game for the Knicks. That's going to do it, though, for this edition of Orange and Blue Bloods, a Knicks podcast, Odyssey WFN original, a podcast you can get wherever you get your podcast, including the free Odyssey app. Make sure you get the auto-download feature on your streaming service so you can get these episodes every time we drop. Also, be sure to check us out on YouTube. You can find our videos, not just the segments, but the full episodes on WFAN page on YouTube, on the Odyssey Sports page on YouTube as well. Tommy, let people know they can find you. At Tommy Beer on Twitter. You can find me, EJ underscore Stewart, on Twitter, Action EJ on Instagram. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. Tommy, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.